This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Joining me now to talk about this and the nation's real problem of joblessness, the Reverend Al Sharpton. What's your reaction to hearing someone say, you know, uh, when it comes to income inequality, all's well. The rising tide floats all boats. Uh, I'm Reverend Jesse Jackson. Right. I don't. You know, I'm so sorry. The uh, the script in front of me said Reverend Al Sharpton. I'm looking at your face. I know who you are, Reverend Jackson. We all do. Ah, uh, yes, Contessa Brewer at MSDNC. Racist that she is. That's a uh, a golden oldie, a classic from our library. Since we were talking about the Reverend Jesse Jackson retiring from Rainbow Push. Rainbow Push, that's uh, perhaps taken on an entirely new connotation all these years later. Man, oh man. Now, we were uh, talking to our friend in Canada. Canada, another country altogether. America's largest national park. And it's uh, allegedly on fire. However, it's kind of weird because in Washington, D.C., the air is thick with smoke. And I heard on WMAL News Radio that it's because of Canadian wildfires. But everywhere I went, it smelled like pot. So what am I supposed to think? I'm thinking maybe. Canada's smoking so much pot now that it's wafting down south. It's like living above a a college dorm or something, and it just uh, wafts here. But uh, Rick was here. He called to say he's sorry uh, because he's a nice Canadian in a classic Canadian fashion. Rick, are you still hanging in there with us? Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) My bruh, bruh, by the way, bruh is what my 16-year-old son calls me, uh, and I remind him, bruh, I'm your dad, bruh. (laughs) <laughs> bruh, he calls you bruh, huh? Tin Lizzie may have to do a remake of their song and, and refer it as the uh, the cis binary boys are back in into- <laughs> <laughs> The cis binary boys. That's funny. Uh, um, so is your whole country the, uh, is your whole country on fire? Uh, I don't know. I just read the latest. There's some more wildfires, which, which we know is due to you know, it might be to do to legitimate climate change, which means, you know, the climate changes because of the sun, because of whatever. But the other thing is bad forest management and restrictions on what, you know, farmers and other people and ranchers and other people do to have controlled burning of, you know, brush and stuff like that. And the other thing is arson. There's been a, I heard that the RCMP had charged several people with arson in relation to these fires. I don't know if that's true or not. It needs to be verified. The, the uh, DOJ Pentagon thing regarding Mali. <laughs> I looked up on Al Gore's amazing internet regarding Mali and they speak uh, apparently the language of instruction in Mali and in the schools and everything is French because they're a French colony. 
The other thing is a language called Bambera. I don't know what the Bambera word for is, LGBT. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe the, the Pentagon should outsource all of their operations to Mali because, you know, the, the Africans, by and large, whether they're Muslim or Christian or just common sense people, they don't go for a lot of this <laughs> woke stuff. And they they may be able to clean up the American uh, military in, in, in a fashion that would leave you with real fighting men. And actually, biological women in your in your forces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, you know, you're 100 percent right. So and, it yeah, might be, it might be a good thing that this leak happened with Mali because you know, if the Malians, good common sense African people, uh, took over the operation of the Pentagon, I, I think that might be a good thing. You know, <laughs> the, Africa. If you're uh, if you're you know like Dylan Mulvaney, the Bud Light pirate uh, who. Uh, helped make $27 billion disappear. Maybe it's $28 billion now. Uh, he fled to Peru recently because it was too scary and too dangerous in the United States. And I, I noticed he didn't go to Africa. You know, Africa is not where you want to go if you're looking for LGBTQ freedoms, right? Dylan Mavini might last for 1.2 seconds in Mali. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, the Pentagon is having major recruiting challenges right now under Joe Biden. It's it's been exacerbated very significantly. And if you ask young people why they're not joining the military, you're hearing a lot of, well, you know, I'm not looking to become transgender. I uh, want to be a Marine. I want to be a soldier. I want to be an Air Force pilot. I want to uh, fight for America, uh, you know, be a sailor. Uh, Navy SEAL. But these guys have just turned into a social welfare project of the left. And uh, it's driving a lot of uh, people, young men and women who would otherwise be interested, driving those people away, right? On a serious note, I have five boys and one little girl, one beautiful little girl. Wow. My five boys at one time, you know, I tried to join the Canadian military, but I had heart murmurs, so I couldn't make it in back in back in the day. I would, you know, encourage them with the life with with the military, except for would I die? Would I go and die for Justin Trudeau? Would I go and die for Joe Biden and his wars right now? I would honestly say no. I would honestly say no. Seriously, these guys are, you know, they're they're pushing a globalist agenda, and you're going to die for nothing. You're going to die for nothing. Seriously. Well, there's another. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good to have leaders that you can trust, political leaders that you can trust, and. You know, Joe Biden is a warmonger and a and a front for the military industrial complex and 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 he's not on your side and you know the left doesn't care about human life uh, at all. They're the left. They've murdered more people than any gang of murderers in the history of humankind and they've done it in record time and in 100 years, you know, 100 million people plus. That's just scratching the surface. Now, but but Rick, I've got more fun from Canada for you today. <laughs> Now, here's the, here's the story. I don't know if you're following this one. Uh, in yes. Canada, a story out of Canada, a woman suffering from severe anorexia may soon be allowed to die by assisted suicide uh, in Canada under Canadian law. Are you familiar with this? Yes, I am. And you know what? There's already been a case where a Canadian military veteran or member, a woman, was looking for, to get a wheelchair ramp. And for some reason, she was having difficulty getting that because of her, you know, she'd been wounded. She's been seriously wounded in her, her uh, I think, uh, an excellent military exercise. The whatever government suggested that she 
try assisted suicide. This is how sick, perverted these people are. Assisted suicide. Now, Canada outlawed the death penalty in 1998 for murderers and mass murderers. So. They made a big thing about in the United States that we're giving people lethal injections and how Canada and other European countries wouldn't send the, the drugs necessary to get lethal injections to people who had been condemned to death for murder or whatever. Right. And now they're doing it routinely to Canadians. To military veterans with PTSD and this woman with anorexia. I think we have some audio of this woman with anorexia, as a matter of fact, because there's video. Her name is Lisa Pauly. And uh, listen to this, Rick. A woman suffering from severe anorexia may be allowed to, uh, and the Canadian government will facilitate this like like she's a murderer or something, but she wants to do it, she says, because she's very unhappy and has mental issues, uh, psychological issues, anorexia, and, and she's uh, miserable. And in Canada, it's like, oh, hey, okay, hey, line up over here. Well, let's take a needle in you, and then, uh, you know, your heart will stop, and you'll be dead. And then and then we're not going to cremate you, though, because I put too much uh, smoke into the air, and, uh, you know, the, the whole country is burning. So a Canadian woman who has suffered from a debilitating eating disorder for decades may soon be eligible for medically-assisted death under Canadian law. Lisa Pauley, who suffers from anorexia, told the Reuters news agency that she went days without eating solid food, struggled to get out of bed, and was not strong enough to carry groceries home without stopping to rest. Um, now, Pauley has been hospitalized twice, tried a number of different treatments to fight her condition, but nothing has worked, Reuters said, although Pauley uh, feels that she is ready to die. She is not currently eligible under Canadian law, the country's first legalized assisted death for those with terminal illnesses in 2016 and extended to include people with incurable conditions in 2021. Both uh, euthanasia and medically assisted suicide are legal in Canada. So here is uh, the woman, Lisa Pauley. Do you want to die now? If the option was there today, I would, yes. If the option was there today, I would, yes. And they're working on making it legal. Uh, someone with anorexia, uh, you want to, the state will help uh, kill you. Again, like you're a stray cat with, uh, uh, you know, your hair falling out or something. Uh, Lisa Pauly. I mean, it's hell. It's every day is hell. I, it takes me literally an hour to get out of bed just physically um and yeah i just i have no energy um my mind is just constantly thinking about numbers a boot she got a little a boot in there and uh so the uh, uh veterans ptsd oh sure we'll kill you thanks for your service uh line up over here uh anorexia she's uh, very thin and um, and unwell. And so this is the left that is doing this. Now, one more from Lisa, then uh, back to you, Rick. I am not going to change. Like, I don't want to recover, meaning I don't want to gain weight. Because to recover, you need to gain weight. I don't want to. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm, that's, that's the, the course I want to take. 47 years old. 
suffering from dealing with anorexia nervosa and uh, emaciated. And in Canada, oh, sure. Now, uh, Rick, well, that, that seems very un-Canadian. It's kind of inhospitable, isn't it? Yes, I, I have close family members. I won't go into detail. Who are in in the position where they would be put in the same position as, as this woman? And uh, I, on the one hand, I find it uh, scary that they would actually be given this option. Uh, the other thing is the late, late John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, who is revered as a saint in the Catholic Church now, referred to the culture of death, and that's that's what we're faced with now is the that's culture right. of death. culture of death. You are, you know, these people are. Uh, I, I can't even, I can't even find the proper words to talk about what they're 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 trying to do to us. They, you know, they in in quotation marks, but uh, we can only hope and pray that enough of us will stand up to this insanity, this demonic agenda, and uh, and defeat it. Yeah, defeat it. Defeat it. No, you nailed it. You, you're, you're, a great, you're a great man, sir, and I, I look forward to listening to you each and every day. And uh, I, I have a good day and continue the great work you, you do. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. Canadians are so nice, aren't they? Rick, thank you very much. I look forward to buying you a Molson someday. I'll buy you a, buy a Molson. <laughs> it's a Canadian beer. I got beer up there. Lots of it, too. Lots of beer. Um, yeah. Good guy. And, and, and uh, Rick, uh, you nailed it on the head. It's the culture of death. It's the culture of death. They are, they are a culture of death. The left is a culture of death. Uh, and, and that's what defines them, the left, and has for the last century. Uh, I've also got an update for you today. I mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. Um, have a great White North Day. I know it's summertime. There's, you know, not a lot of snow. But you know, uh, Canada. That little global warming goes a long way in Canada. They love a little global warming in Canada. I know. I grew up on the North Shore of Chicago. That global warming is welcome in a whole lot of places. Know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But this uh, Biden administration official. I have to explain the story to you. Non-binary Biden official was traveling on taxpayer dime to secure nuclear facility. When luggage heist occurred, this guy with the shaved head and the mustache and the goatee and the lipstick wearing other women's clothing and showing up in public and posting this stuff online and uh, just, you know, another Biden administration official. But I've got an update on that. Sam Brinton is his name. Hey, do you have uh, nasty foul odors in your home, in your office that you just can't get rid of? Well, now you can get rid of any stinky odor with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. The thunderstorm gets rid of strong odors from cooking and cigarette smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, even mildewy smells from the basement. No match for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. The thunderstorm starts working in a matter of seconds to clear any room of any odor. Plus, there are no costly filters ever to buy and replace on a schedule again and again. And with more than 350,000 thunderstorms already sold, listen, thousands of five-star reviews online. Works like a champ. You can find the reviews honestly glowing during this week. I've got a great deal for you. Get your own thunderstorm. Right now, you can save $200 on three Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifiers for whole home protection. 
That's three units for under $200. Just go to EdenPureDeals.com. Enter the discount code CHRIS. That's me. That's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is CHRIS. Plus, you get free shipping. Come on, all the benefits of hanging out with me. How great is that? That's wonderful. Sam Brinton doesn't get you free shipping. Well, yeah, <laughs> for his stolen women's clothing in nice luggage. We're at 888-630-9625. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, more bad news on um, coming out of America. New Associated Press, N-O-R-C, poll, finds that 49% of us, essentially half of us, say that democracy is not working well in the United States of America. 10% of us say it's working very well or extremely well. Okay. 40% saying only somewhat well. Somewhat well. So 49%, nearly half of us, uh, democracy is not working well. I, uh, that's a commentary on Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, I think. And, and honestly, they are... Uh, they're terrible, awful people and terrible leaders. And our Congress, we got Chuck Schumer and uh, really and our cabinet members. <clears throat> what a forgettable bunch of cabinet members it is that we have here also. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Man, that is, uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, the Biden plan is working. We're getting results. That's right. Yeah, they are getting results. 49% of us believe democracy is not working well in the United States of America. Uh, President Trump on Saturday held a rally where he talked about uh, Newsmax, Newsmax TV. And, you know, I'm I, um, the host of a show on Newsmax TV, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, President Trump on Saturday. Greg Kelly over at Newsmax. The Newsmax people have been really, really terrific. Newsmax has been... Terrific. Newsmax has it. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly's a great guy. Um, spoken to him. We had a great conversation on the phone together, too. He's a Marine. He's a Harrier pilot. His father, police chief, uh, Ray Kelly. Uh, great stuff. And, uh, yeah, Newsmax, President Trump. They were carrying him live when he said that, too. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, 
curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Riva, Riva. All right, so Joe Biden's nuclear waste czar, or czarina, as the case may be, Non-binary Biden official was traveling on taxpayer dime to secure a nuclear facility when luggage heist occurred. And uh, here's a picture of him on uh, a game show of some kind, dressed as a woman with a shaved head and a goatee and red lipstick and perfectly normal in today's Democrat Party. There is no doubt about it. Former Biden administration nuclear official Sam Brinton was on taxpayer-funded government business when he was caught trying to steal airport luggage, according to newly revealed Department of Energy documents. They've been keeping them a secret. Brinton, who identifies as non-binary and dresses in women's clothes, traveled in early July of 2022 to the Department of Energy's Nevada National Security Site outside of Las Vegas, as part of his role as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition. He is waste disposition. At the Office of Nuclear Energy, according to internal documents obtained by Watchdog Group, Functional Government Initiative, FGI. Everybody has to abbreviate everything, Functional Government Initiative. And first reported by Fox News, Brinton took a United Airlines United Airlines flight from Washington, D.C. to Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas, Nevada, July 6, 2022. The records indicate in early December, authorities announced there was a federal warrant out for Sam Brinton of the Biden administration for his arrest on grand larceny charges for stealing property worth between $1,200 and $5,000. Police said Brinton was captured on surveillance footage leaving the airport with a suitcase containing an estimated $3,500 jewelry, clothing, makeup on July 6, 2022. That was one of his many uh, heists of women's clothing in women's luggage in airports. Uh, He stole women's clothing airport. This is the uh, African immigrant woman who's a designer of clothing from Ronald Reagan's airport, uh, the Ronald Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C., and he stole uh, women's clothing and luggage from the airport in Minneapolis-St. Paul as well. And that's what we know about. There may very well be more. Uh, The visit to the Nevada National Security Site, which conducts experiments related to nuclear national security, according to the Department of Energy website, was made for an undefined purpose, according to documents. Uh, The site is located in a remote, highly secure area. Uh, The facility hosts scientists, engineers, mathematicians, technicians who execute a multitude of high-level experimental research and training activities in support of national security. It was a four-day business trip. Brinton stayed at the Hilton Grand Vacations Club, on the Las Vegas Strip. I, uh, sure, naturally. 
uh, and spent about $1,951.50, about, they say about 50 cents, at Department of Energy expense report filed in August of 2022. So Brinton was uh, placed on leave from his post in November after being charged with the first incident of stealing luggage from a, a Minneapolis airport uh, months earlier in September. He allegedly grabbed a woman's Vera Bradley suitcase worth $2,325 with its contents from baggage claim. Brinton maintained his innocence in Minneapolis, claiming to have been mistakenly taken the other passenger's bag despite never having checked a bag before the flight. He didn't, well, he knew he was going to, you know, there are other people's clothes he can just steal there. So he didn't check a bag. He didn't have a roll on bag. He didn't have a carry on bag. Uh, he was arrested as a uh, fugitive from justice in May after the Nevada incident. Um, just amazing stuff. And this is, you know, just another, like Hunter Biden. He's not going to do any time in the can. In the can. A neighbor of Brinton and Brinton's husband, Brinton has a husband, Kevin Reiki, told the Daily Wire four unmarked police showed up last night. They would not be, they, they would not let his spouse, Kevin, leave. After about an hour, Sam Brinton was escorted out in handcuffs. So uh, then Brinton was apprehended in another suitcase nabbing that allegedly took place 2018 at Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, and you've seen the pictures the guy posted with his S&M, SMBD, right? Uh, sadomasochism, sadomasochism, bondage, and uh, discipline. Um, he's just fine, right? He's just fine. Uh, 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 uh. So uh, there you go. Your Biden taxpayer dollars on parade. I'm a gender fluid individual who walks the halls of Congress. Talk about the power of being free every day to hear my stilettos click on those marble floors and yet know that I deserve to be in that room just as much as anybody else. Just as much as anybody else, he deserves to be in that room. Uh, sure, just not wearing the dog collar and the, you know, sling from the ceiling, strap, leather, studded uh, thing. And you've seen him with the people in the in the BDSM garb, and he's got a rider, riding crop in his hand, and, you know, he's uh, perfectly normal, perfectly normal stuff. Uh, speaking of which, you know, they're teaching this in school now, teaching to the test. Here's a, uh, another story. Newsweek magazine, Newsweek magazine, misgendering should be a crime, comma, according to millennials. This is Newsweek magazine. That's their headline. More millennials think referring to a transgender person by the wrong pronouns should be a criminal offense than think it should be legal, according to new polling conducted exclusively for Newsweek. According to the survey by Redfield and Wilton Strategies, 44% of those aged 25 to 34 think, quote, referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun, him, he, she, her, should be a criminal offense. Just 31% who disagree the remainder neither agree nor disagree or don't know. So 44% of millennials, okay, 
That is people aged 25 to 34. That's a decade of young adults. 44%, a plurality, think it should be a criminal offense for which you would be charged criminally. And generally, when you're charged with criminal offenses, you may be fined, you may be facing jail time for calling Sam Brinton whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mr. Bud Light. Dylan yeah, Dylan Mulvaney, if you call Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, in fact, last week on my Newsmax show, um, the liberal on the show, Jason Nichols, who's a professor at the University of Maryland, kept referring to Dylan Mulvaney as she and her. And I finally turned to one of the other panelists and said, uh, she has a penis and testicles. Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. And I, I feel like that should be illegal. I, I don't know. That's, that's just bad journalism. Dylan Mulvaney says that it should be illegal. This, these people are dangerous to society. And when to any civilized free society in the 21st century in Western civilization, they uh, are effectively authoritarian or totalitarian um, in their politics. And this is the kind of thinking that leads to gulags and slavery and death camps, just you know, not to put too fine a point on it. But if you think that you should, it should be illegal, therefore punishable by, you know, or you could be arrested, uh, charged with crimes, tried in the courts for words, let's just start with that, um, but for offending the sensibilities of mentally ill people who are extreme leftists. And, uh, and honestly, that obviously Dylan Mulvaney and, and Sam Brinton have very serious mental I issues that are not being dealt with. And now uh, 44% of millennials who are going to be taking over everything quite soon believe that it should be a criminal offense to call uh, Dylan Mulvaney he because he says he should be called she. Okay? That's completely insane. Before we wrap up today, we do want to make an important note. Yesterday in a segment about transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who was featured in Bud Light's recent campaign, she was mistakenly referred to by the wrong pronoun. She. And CNN aims to honor individuals' ways of identifying themselves. Honor. And we apologize for that error. Kate Bolden on CNN apologizing that one of their panelists dared to refer to Dylan Mulvaney as he. Um, because Dylan Mulvaney says, I'm a lady. But Dylan Mulvaney is not a lady. But the Democrats are erasing femininity, feminism, feminists who are conspicuously silent on all of this. And, uh, you know, the mere fact that let's say that let's say you're a male and you cut off your male genitalia, that still doesn't make you a lady. All right. Um, that is uh, another thing altogether. But these people are they are not normal. We have T-shirts and coffee mugs at the Chris Plant store that say, remember normal. If you know Dylan Mulvaney, you could send him a T-shirt and a coffee mug Um but 44% of millennials say it should be illegal. You should face legal consequences, be charged with crimes 
for violating the speech code of the left when it comes to the gender dysphoria of so many Democrats. And this is completely normal. And if you sound like me, which, uh, you know, I'm completely normal, uh, then I'm the one who's the bad guy. And, and I'm the one who's not normal, you see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. There is a uh, story that, that I uh, find to be somewhat unsubstantiated, let's say, but um, that U.S. government report reveals Pfizer and Moderna knowingly manufactured deadly batches of COVID-19 vaccines and an outfit called The Leading Report uh, has the story, and, and its sources are vague uh, and uh, nebulous. But honestly, I think the Congress, if we had one of those, should be investigating these, uh, these claims according to examination of official U.S. government statistics provided by the Centers for Disease Control. Very high rates of adverse reactions and fatalities have uh, frequently been reported in relation to particular batches, lot numbers of COVID-19 vaccines. And I'm not going to put a lot of stock in the reporting here. I read through the story. Um, but I do think that it warrants more investigation because it would not be entirely astonishing if that were the case. Um, and I'd like to say one thing. is that, Well, there are so many things I, I have to say. Um, you know, like the Dylan Mulvaney stuff and all this. I'm calling this biological warfare. Right? Uh, it's something I labeled it as um, uh, last week uh, during a conversation with Jesse uh, in the makeup room at Newsmax TV. And somebody on the television referred to Dylan Mulvaney as a biological male. And, and I said, you know what a biological male is? A male. You know what a biological female is? A female. But the Democrats started attaching the prefix biological to male, female, man, woman, right? A man is a man, a woman is a woman. And you can't just change that by saying so. That's not how that works. I'm not nine feet tall because I say I'm nine feet tall. I'm not a woman because I say I'm a woman. And it is, you know, it's the gender equivalent of blackface, right? It's woman face. And it uh, should not be praised, but it is by the Democrat Party in schools, in media, and so on. But uh, I, I, talking to Jesse in the makeup room, and I said, you know, and I said to her, a biological man is a man. That's what that means. A biological woman is, is a woman. And I said, the only time I ever used the word biological in the past was talking about biological warfare. And then it occurred to me that the Democrat Party, the left, they're waging biological warf warfare uh, against society by denying biology. Right? Of course you're a biological male. That's because you're a male. You're a biological man because you're a man. Biological woman because you're a woman. But it is cultural biological warfare being waged by the left on biology itself and specifically focused on gender. I also need to do a segment praising the patriarchy. We have a great deal for which we should be thankful. The contributions of the patriarchy are are too numerous to, to articulate even in a three-hour show. But I'd like to start today by just uh, saying thank you, patriarchy, 
for electricity and airplanes and modern medicine and constellation of constellations of satellites and, and all of the wonders of the modern world. Thank you, patriarchy. I know all the Democrats are very grateful as well. They just like to bite the hand that feeds them, don't they? I've been wondering a lot this past week of like what the psychological effects are like are and mm. will be of being called a man thousands and thousands of times a day. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. There is so much today that I have not gotten to that I'm going to have to come back tomorrow and try again. Right now, let's go to the telephones. Let's go to Bruce calling from Pentagon City, which is uh, next door to the Pentagon. It's a big shopping mall. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Chris. How are you doing today? Very, very well. Thank you. Hey, I, I got to, you know, uh, I watched your show. I love your show, uh, both radio and, and uh, on Newsmax. Watch it. Every, all, listen to it all day and watch it all night. Um, you know, the other night when you had, uh, you were talking about Dylan Mulvaney and, uh, you know, uh, Jason Nichols kept calling him her. Um, and I noticed Jen got very upset because for obvious reasons, you know, I, I agree with Jen, but you know, my question, Chris is what if Dylan Mulvaney decided instead of to be a woman, what if he decided that all of a sudden in his mind, he was a black man. Would he, and he insisted on, on being referred to as African-American, would Jason Nichols provide him the same courtesy that he does as a pretending to be a woman? A very good question. And uh, should that come up again? And that was uh, the point, Bruce. That was the point at which I, I turned to my compatriots and said, because he kept referring to Dylan Mulvaney as she and her, and I finally turned to uh, my colleagues and said, she has a penis and testicles, right? Um, and everybody laughed uh, except Jason Nichols, the college professor. Right. You know, and the, the interesting thing is we don't need to guess how the African-American community would react because we've seen it. Yeah. We've well, that's seen, right. Uh, and here's you know, so it, it's. Uh, Go ahead. Dylan Mulvaney uh, went to the shopping mall wearing skin-tight short shorts, uh, revealing the contours of his male genitalia, and then complained about it on Instagram or someplace. I wear clothes like this, and we all just normalize women having bulges sometimes because we're coming up on bikini season, baby. Sure. See, uh, you know that, Bruce, this is what the Democrat Party is telling us is normal now. That's right, baby. That's right, baby. And, you know, and on college campuses and the professors say, oh, well, if he says he's a she, we'll just call him a she. But you're 100 percent right, Bruce. I, I wish I had whipped out the uh, well, what if he said he was black and test Jason on that? That'll that'll happen. Every story eventually comes to an end. 
this June. Hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.